Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Cross Media Show. Today's topic is, of course, our review of Dune. But before we get into our discussion, we've got a little bit of housekeeping. If you're watching on YouTube, consider dropping a like and subscribe. And don't forget to hit the, notif- uh, the notifications bell to get a notification for all of our shows. Like the penultimate conquest game. Sh- Ooh, the penultimate game show. It's been a while, guys. I've been in a, a week in, in bed, and it's been a while. Um, you're, you're, you're allowed to stumble a little bit. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, uh, all of our shows, like the penultimate game show, the cross media show, anime nation and stats on stats. If you're watching on Twitch and, uh, if you're watching on Twitch and have Amazon prime, you have prime gaming, which means you have one free sub to give out and we love it if you give it to us. But if not, that's quite all right. For those of you that don't know who I am, I am Ruben Guerrero, the director of this channel. I am joined by. The man who's known as the oh, the man who's known as Mr. Movie Reviewer, co-host of Podcast PXN, and the host of the Large Popcorn Podcast, Christian Macias. How are you doing today, Christian? How about that fucking sandworm? Am I right, Shaykhulud? Welcome. Shai-Khulud. You have arrived. What about that sandworm? That's a, that, that sandworm kind of creeped me out. Kind of creeped me out. We'll but get it's there. Yeah, we'll get there. And, of course, this isn't a Dune review without the walking anime encyclopedia and the man who's crazy enough to think that ravioli is just a sandwich, Ryan Smith. Now, just a sandwich is really insulting to sandwiches as a whole because sandwich is truly the best food. I mean... so much. Is it? It's a uh, good food. It's a solid everyday food. It's it's an everyday run of your milk food that you can enjoy every day. Okay. All right. Sure. Sure. Um, <laughs> what a take from Ryan. <laughs> Sandwiches are the best food. Cold ass bread and some. I don't meat. know about that. You know? Good. Have you ever had chicken parm with some pasta? Oh, oh my oh. god! Are you kidding me yeah, right now? Chicken parm sandwich. Yeah, 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 but it's not the same. It's not the same. One, the chicken parm sandwich is far less superior to the chicken parm as an entree, you know? Now, this is an off-sandwich podcast, so it's let's not, move on. It's not. It's not. Um, oof. We got some streaming podcast updates for you today. Uh, this week, we are back to shows. Uh, next a new episode of Stats on Stats is up, and you can check that out today, right now, or after this podcast. You know, just just check it out after the podcast on podcast services and on our YouTube channel. Tomorrow, Richie, Saj, and Anthony are going to be reviewing Titan season three, and hopefully, it lives up to their expectations. Um, Wednesday. We are live reacting to the Sony State of Play. That's happening at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern. And, you know, I started writing this, and I was like, well, why isn't it 2 p.m. Western? Why is it Pacific? Oh, because because Eastern? Yeah. And then Pacific? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Real weird. The Pacific Ocean? <laughs> I, I don't I know. I mean, yeah, but, like, it, it, just pick one, you know? It's either Pacific or it's... 
Anyway. You see, no one cares about the Atlantic, but the Pacific's a great ocean. Really? Because the Atlantic That's is true. where all the action's at. Nobody goes swimming in the Atlantic. Everyone, you know, goes to the Pacific to swim, hang out. But, and I, like I said, the Atlantic Ocean has literally all the action. Florida exists. No, we don't, we don't speak about Florida. But, I mean, it's got the, the telecommunications cable. That's all the way going going all the way to Europe. But that's besides the point, guys. Uh, we're getting some third-party updates from Sony, I guess, or from the third parties. What are we? What, what's one thing you guys want to see? Oh, you know what? That means what I was saying in the pre-show is not correct. Uh, the rumors of the Bloodborne re- uh, remaster. That won't be there, obviously, because Bluepoint is a first-party studio now. So what I'm ah. saying is, is null and void. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know what to expect. But Call of Duty, Vanguard, that'll be there. Okay. Ryan? Ooh, what to expect from a Sony state of play? Ooh, Final Fantasy 16. There we fucking go, just, my it's, guy. It's a 20-minute state of play. <laughs> Listen, there is you, no... We just need... Have we given it a time? Is it not yeah. 45? 20. Ooh, 20 minutes. Um, I still see it happening. Thank you. Let me think here. Y'all bold oh, for that, though. Five-minute trailer. Five, five minutes? minutes? Oh, 25% of the show. Yeah. It's a big It's a big game. Y'all been smoking that melange, dude. Okay. Too much spice over there. All right, all right. I want, you guys to, I want you guys to be right, though. All right, let's hope. Let's hope. And, of course, we got some new merch up on our website. Fuck, I forgot to fix that. We got some new merch up on our website. Feel free to go check that out. We just put up... Well, I just put up a. I literally just put it up like twenty minutes ago. Our No Gods hoodie and T-shirts, which look fucking dope, if you know what I mean. You know, is that what the cool kids say, Christian? Dope. I wouldn't know, man. I'm getting old. Ooh. All right. Fair enough. Ryan, is that what the cool kids say? I don't. Want that. Probably. I say dope. I'm cool. Okay. There you go. There you go. This shit looks swaggy, man. Oh, my God. I saw it, and I was like, God damn, that looks good. Now, on to the show. We're here to discuss, of course, as I said before, Dune, which apparently... Oh, hold on. You missed one of the biggest news that broke this week. What's that? Congratulations to Eric and Tessa on the birth of their <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's Ruby. right. I... Ruby Lorelai again. Welcome. Congrats. Eric and Tessa, we miss you guys. Yeah, yeah. Congrats, well, congrats and good luck on parenting. For real, good luck for real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the show. Dune, which premiered October. Oh damn! All right, all right. Premiered on October twenty second, twenty twenty one, in the states, but the premiere was in September for uh international if that's not yes okay uh with a budget of 165 million dollars and a box office so far of 220 million dollars directed by christian you're gonna have to help me out here i don't know how to pronounce his last name attempt it you you fuck dennis villeneuve all right well um, nope <laughs> it's it's french canadian it's denis villeneuve uh, uh there's no way i would have known that Okay, all right. 
Denis, what? Say it one more time. Villeneuve. 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 Okay. Screenplay is also by Denis Villeneuve, uh, John Spatz, and Eric Roth. And Frank Herbert has credit. Uh, who's Frank Herbert doing now? Oh, what oh, the fuck? Are hell? Dude. Is that, is that a legit question on this Dune review? I'm going to say he is the author of the book. Yeah, there we go. He, there he we did go. Right. Okay. Yes. Well, clearly I haven't read the book, and I'm assuming that you two have. So I'm going to volley this onto you guys. Where Give me your initial thoughts of this movie. Christian, let's start off with you. Oh, I'm going first. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a quick, quick summary. Uh, Denis has, uh, in the words of Hugo Panay, long live Hugo Panay, I'm wearing his shirt. Um, he has filmed the unfilmable. Uh, this man continues to be one of the greatest uh, directors to ever live. Um, in uh, a decade or two, he will be regarded as highly as someone as like Stanley Kubrick. He does some of the best uh, movies, sci-fi movies that I've ever seen, uh, which is not just crafting like these beautiful, intricate um, worlds to exist in, but that they focus on like uh, characters and the depth of each and every single character. No one person has more weight than the other. Everyone is equally um, analyzed in front of the screen, whether it be um, like the protagonist or someone uh, like a, a vendor or a person who comes and visits the protagonist. Everything from uh, the visuals, the sound. This is a masterpiece of, of a movie. Not my favorite Denis Villeneuve movie, but uh, probably his his best. Okay. Ryan? I, will, I guess I'll go for a second to bat. Um, as to go with what uh, Vantel, some of the things Christian said, Denis Villeneuve, something he brings to sci-fi, and he did it in Arrival and in Blade Runner, which is he takes these amazing worlds, but he also humanizes them down to their core. He brings a human to the inhuman, and how they said it's the unfilmable. Dune is a very important story to me, and a very important book to me. Uh, it was handed to me by my mother when I was 12. It's her favorite book of all time. And she's like, this is why we have things like Star Wars and stuff. You need to read this now. And it's always been important to book me. It's an important book to literally the entire science fiction genre as a whole. And it's something I never thought we would get a good movie of. I'm sorry, David Lynch, your movie's fucking whack. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a David Lynch guy, and even I think that movie's whack. They did it with this. They captured the feeling, the look, and something I never thought. Just the again, the feeling of Dune. It it this is a Dune movie. It's how the books are. It has the feeling, the the way the weird modern sci-fi machinery mixed with old style fantasy, which is so hard to combine. But they actually did it in this, and it. Very impressive. And I, I'm with Christian. I don't think this is his best work, but all my personal favorite of his works, but it is probably his best. This movie is stunning to just watch. What is your personal best of it? Well, your favorite of his, I guess. Uh, Sincario. Okay. Oh, interesting pick. Mine. All right. What about Solid. you, uh, Oh, uh, It's just because I like Sincario personally because where it's filmed is where I live. So a lot of it, uh, yeah. The Sorry to dox you like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I didn't say where. I didn't say where. Oh, it's fine. No. New Mexico's pretty big. Yeah. I hear that Heisenberg's causing chaos down there. 
still. They got his ass. They got his ass already. Eh, never know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Christian, what's your favorite of his uh, works? My favorite of his, like on an emotional level, is Arrival. But in terms of like objective, what I think is like my favorite is probably Blade Runner 2049. Okay. I could talk about that movie, like both those movies forever. I gave Blade Runner a rewatch last night. How'd you like it? Oh, nice. Uh, God, that movie still slaps. I haven't rewatched it since I saw it in IMAX. I'm like, yeah, this movie still slaps. Okay. All right. Well, guys, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news here. No, I actually, I actually thought for, for as a person who knows nothing about Dune, like whatsoever, who just went in blind, this uh, was very well shot. I could definitely see what Christian was talking about in the sense that he gives each character ample like screen time. Like the, it, he doesn't just focus on he focuses on one character, but it's it's different as opposed to a different as other movies you know like if this was just like uh star wars for example like they just focus on pretty much the two main characters which are if, well i'm talking about the prequels but uh which are like leia and yeah no not really it's really just han no that's not <laughs> it's really you know what i'm talking trying to say you know does that make any sense no Sort of. I, I get. I get where you're getting after. I, I okay. get where you're going at, but um, yeah, I, to to bring it back to Dune, I, w- I would say like, yeah, the movie the movie follows Paul, but it, it's also not about Paul. It's about the politics that surround him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, we're getting analysis of like the Baron. We're getting you know Duke Leto. We're getting Jessica. So it's it's all happening in connection with Paul. Correct. And it's a very interesting take. Uh, well, and it's a very interesting way to uh, film a movie, and uh, like I, I personally would prefer like every every movie maker do this in in the sense of like focusing on the character, but also giving the other characters ample amount of screen time. Like the way that he's he shoots it, it's just it's perfect. Um, yeah. It lost me a bit. Like, the story lost me quite a bit when they were talking about, like, introducing, I guess, the uh, main villain, which is, I forgot, the... the Baron Harkonnen? The, the Baron? Yeah, the Baron, which was very weird. I also, like, I got hints of... what? When did this book come out? Uh, 1965. Okay, so this is definitely pref- before right. Star Wars. Every Obviously. sci-fi movie you pretty much know has stolen something from Dune in some way. Okay, because I was like, damn, this is... Uh, in the sense of how I explained it to myself, I was saying, this is Star Wars if Star Wars was very sophisticated. You know? this is it, It's Star Wars if it was Game of Thrones. Yeah, that that is what it is. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. And, and it's good. It's good. I... Ugh. There were just some things that I didn't like about this. It's movie. dense. I'm not gonna lie to you. It, yeah. it, it's it's tough to watch for people who aren't used to kind of like dense dense movies. So yeah. I, I get where you're coming from. And I just wish that they gave us more like background information on the other characters that aren't a part of the Atreides family, if that makes sense. Um, but overall, I thought it was a pretty strong movie very long they, they they kind of do um and I, and I think that's actually a strength 
but because there's so much information they're kind of pounding you in different yeah. ways that I think it does successfully it's just hard to retain all that info all at once that yeah. if you you might have missed some some small tidbits that end up being kind of important okay. and that's just because the book is so dense that it's hard to fit all of this into a movie right i i think if you were to watch it again uh um, if, if if you were so inclined you would might pick up on, on pieces of information that you probably missed the first time okay all right well i'm home all week so i'll probably rewatch it again um did you watch it at home by the way i did not i went to would? the movies Let's let's fucking go. Let's yeah. fucking. I didn't. Go. This I didn't, man uh, has been cut open and still made it to the theater to see this thing. In my defense, go out and see it. I didn't see it in IMAX. I just. That's went, fine. Dolby's I, fine enough. Fine. No, I didn't even see it in Dolby. I just went to uh, Alamo and whatever they have. I think it's 4K, but like nothing crazy. Um, but yeah, it was. Well, go for it. Let me tell you, the IMAX showing was absolutely insane. I don't. The, 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 I mean, I'm just looking at deserts, and I'm like, "Fuck! How are? How is this? I know there, it's Earth, but it feels like I'm on an alien planet, and it's just like a few dunes of of sand. It's, it fucking rocks. <laughs> and the it's, worm. It's interesting it's because the, the fucking worm. They make a the desert like the, the place that you don't really want to think about. Like it, it there's nothing interesting about the desert you know but like I, I really don't like how you're bashing where i live i mean listen i'm sorry ryan you just live in a desert all right like i'm surprised you're in a room we have cactuses though they're yeah. fun well no they're not fun they they freaking prick you for no reason true i fell on one once yeah it's, it's not yeah. fun at all it's not fun at all <laughs> but it's the movie makes the desert interesting and uh, i'm excited i'm assuming that there's going to be a f sequel to this we hope man warner I brothers holding after a hostage this weekend it will i with it exceeding the what was they estimate for it was like 30 mil and it went to 40.1 mil right yeah yeah it's at 40.1 yeah yeah Domestic. with a Budget of one sixty five. I could definitely see this movie getting its sequel for oh, it all to be. What am I hearing? Sorry. <laughs> what the it fuck was that? Funky in here. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, that was something I'm working on with uh, um, Griffin. Uh, but yes, sorry, Ryan. Continue. Okay, where was I? Oh, I. Just for how well it did, and they said it is the highest um, watched movie on the HBO Max. Um, Max. What is it? Did they call it day by day release? They all have different names for what they call it. Uh, I Whatever saw their straight to movie, straight to the odd uh, video style is. It was their highest one so far. I saw, which is insane because like Justice League. Zack Snyder's just league had a, had a you know day and day like, HBO Max yeah, major. Warner Brother or sorry Warner Brothers Godzilla Wonder versus Warner. Kong exactly movie so, very like, cool a lot of big box but blockbusters did it but it's amazing to see a movie like this be on the top some it's great to see so I, I definitely I, think we will see a sequel yeah and obviously the movie opens up with Dune Part One so it just makes the most sense. that was a middle finger from Denis Villeneuve man. Uh, it was okay. it was yeah all right i figured as much but i didn't want to like assume um 
I, I, I do want to mention though, because you you brought it up, Ruben. Like, it's a I'll, I'll say it like this: it, it's a hard movie. Like, there's no going around it. Like, legit, I think that, and, and this is the risk of sounding snobby, casual audiences are gonna have a harder time liking this movie because I think this stat is like adults will go to the average of two movies a year. Yeah. And like, holy shit, more often than not, like those with Disney only owning most things, it's probably like a Disney property, meaning it's like a Pixar family friendly movie. Maybe it's a Star Wars. Maybe it's a Marvel movie. Those movies are so easily digestible. And like those are popcorn flicks that are like meant to be like super entertaining. And we go in, we enjoy those movies and then we leave. Yeah. Dune is very much like we are unapologetically a dense sci-fi movie that is slow and patient and, and like difficult to just like even just sit and watch uh like to to let that all like wash over you so for the movie to be as successful as it is is like super surprising to me and for it for it to be rated one of the highest on letterbox right now i think it's like an average of 4.1 very cool stuff to see i'm glad that people are actually really enjoying it because this is something that people you just don't see very often yeah it, I, I, I want to bounce off Christian there. Yeah, yeah, go for it. With it being, it is a dense movie. Yeah, I've people have come to me and they know I really like Dune and all that. I said, should I go see this movie? I'm like, I had to ask them, like, do you like things like Game of Thrones and stuff? Because if you like that kind of thing, you'll really like this. But if you're not really into that kind of style of storytelling of multiple houses, multiple characters and long drawn out epics, you're probably not going to like this. This movie is very slow. It is very dense, but I think it is a monument to it. But I think one reason why it's doing so well, is just for how well it is shot. You may not even be enjoying what you're hearing in what the story is, Yeah. but I doubt anyone's not enjoying the visuals of this film. This is true. Fuck, I could just watch the space, the, the dome Fuck ship yeah. this open and lift off yes. like a thousand times. I fucking love that ship. And when the, the Benny Jesuit show up in the middle of the night. Yeah. 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 Dope. That that's I think a big uh selling point of this movie. It is just drop dead gorgeous. That's just the best way to put it. Okay. Uh the question is uh however the movie i don't know like how far into the book the movie goes barely uh, halfway i would say okay so i would say that the third uh quarter mark third mark 40 to 50 percent of the book i think is covered okay all right so that's not i'd bad. say 40 i'd say 40 okay so do we think that this however much of the the movie has covered is it like true to the story it is very true to the story. Okay. It it's near one to one. Okay. Well, that's yep. that's definitely good. Some of this, some of the stuff is kind of rearranged, or like characters are given more like uh, depth are... or like lines. But see, some lines are stripped straight out of the book. Okay. Well, that's good. I guess right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's very okay. good. It's very good. All right. And also, this is a question for Christian. Is did it end when you when you heard this was a part one, hopefully right. two? Did it end where you thought it was going to end? Because it ended for me where I thought it was going to end. I honestly had no idea where they were going to like Bring end off. part one until mm -hmm. I was maybe halfway through the movie. I realized like, oh, I think I know where they're heading. 
And uh, are we spoiling some of the movie now at this point? Yes, let's go for it. Okay, which I actually think works out really well. Um, and I kind of want to point to some some tweets that I've seen online. And okay, I'll put it this way. I understand why people are frustrated. They get to the end of the movie and it's like, what the fuck? Like, this is like a cliffhanger. Yeah, the movie obviously one. like, is it, this isn't... This isn't finished, but people didn't know that, right? It wasn't marketed as a part one movie until you actually show up and it says part one, right? So okay. I, I understand that frustration, right? Yeah. Um, so when you get there and you're like left and you, it's almost like a feeling of dissatisfaction, but it isn't until you realize that like there was a narrative through arc with Paul going on. Like he starts one way, realizes who he's turning out to be, and then fulfills that at the end. And in that sense, we do get like some sense of conclusion with part one, even like that. The, one of the closing lines uh, in the movie is um, Paul hears uh, Paul Atreides must die for the Kwisatz Haderach to rise. Right. The chosen one must rise. And so you get like a literal uh, I, a death of identity at the end of the movie for him to become this figure that he's becoming. And that, I think that's a perfect way to end the movie. Part one. I, I, I agree with Christian there. I think with him um, donning, um, derobing the garb of royalty and that to become, for lack of a term, a chosen messiah throughout the desert is where I would have also ended this film. It's the perfect place of he's seen what royalty is. He's seen high space castles all that his entire life. Yeah. He must now learn the struggles of living on this planet. And that's what I think a lot of part two will be. Okay. <clears throat> now, uh, since we're talking about Paul, let, let's get into what we thought of about the characters themselves. I personally thought Paul was very strong. Like, there was nothing. Timothy Chalamet did this perfectly. Like, the. Uh, Everything he shown, he had shown like on screen. I believed it a hundred percent. Go for it, Christian. No, no, keep going. I'll I'll, I'll wait till. Okay. After. Well, I mean, it's just just that. Like, I I think this was a perfect pick for the character that is Paul Atreides. Denis would agree with you. He had an interview with. A, I mean, he said this a few times, but uh, he was very obviously he was like super nervous about making this movie because it it's highly regarded as one of the dip, most difficult things that you, you can try to make yeah and so when he had the casting down and he was filming started filming the movie one of the first scenes he did was the uh, benny jesserit scene where uh, the reverend mother comes to visit and he has to do the the gom jabbar test where his hand is paul's hand is in the box right and uh, everything from like the the set design to the um the, the wardrobe to um down to the acting when they were filming that scene, uh, Denis broke down in tears and was like, oh my God, like he actually saw like, I might be able to do this. What, what that performance that Timothy Chalamet gave in this one library scene, this is my Paul, this will be my Dune. And he was able, I, I think he, able, he was able to pull it off. Oh, yeah. Credit to the cast. I have to agree. For me, when I was actually watching that film, it was the gob scene that made me be like, oh, fuck. This, they can do it. They can actually do a Dune movie. And from there on, I was just fully impressed by it. Because yeah. that scene is so Dune in its nature in that it's a lot of talking and stuff, but it's also 
the weird underlying things of all the pain and fear and everything coursing through his body with his hand in a box and a needle to his neck while still tr dealing with arguably the most powerful being in the universe at the moment to judge if yeah. he can be the next it's it's an amazing scene did they, they both everyone in that scene did amazing um, i was i not go for it Chris. i mean i i knew the movie was going to be good but I didn't know like what I was actually going to get in terms of like tone or how 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 Denis was going to be able able to pull Dune off. When the movie starts, before the even logo shows up, there's that line that says, um, "Fuck, what was it?" Oh yeah, is this uh, like before the Warner Brothers? Dream, dreams are dreams are messages from the deep, but it's got that weird voice. It's just like, and I'm like, "All right, I'm strapped in. This is the kind of movie we're gonna get. All right." So yeah, I. Yeah. I was worried at first, but they pulled it off. I also want to give credit to Jason Momoa. Like, this is probably the hardest I've seen him acting. Like, in a good way. He's like, good, right? Yeah, he's really good in this movie. And it's surprising. Like, where was this acting for Aquaman? You know? <laughs> I think he was told to play a Chad in Aquaman, though. Okay. Yeah. I, right. I think I think Scott Snyder wanted the chattest Aquaman he could ever have. Well, to, to be fair, that's the Justice League that movie he's playing it. In Aquaman, he's a completely different character. That's true. Yeah. 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 They're still not also the best weird. roles, in my opinion. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. Le legit, though, like this. That's a credit to the directors who really push like what they want of their actors. Like. Yeah. I, I like Dave Bautista, but until I saw him in Blade Runner when he's playing this like quiet uh, man like just a, who's a farmer like that was like what do you oh my god how he got like quietness and reservation out of Dave Bautista in this like completely out of left field role was fantastic I, I know we're not talking about Dave right now we're talking about Jason Momoa but I think he, Denis was able to get kind of the equal different realms of acting out of jason that, that we don't normally see like he's just like a, almost like a big brother kind of type yeah. yeah yeah i've i've always taken duncan idaho when reading it to be like your cool uncle who slips you a beer he he's <laughs> that kind of guy yeah. and he totally captured that he was that and yeah it's it's arguably some of the best acting i've ever seen out of jason momoa oscar isaac what a fucking Fuck yeah. gem. Are oh, you God, kidding fantastic. me? This is what I wanted. This is the type of acting I wanted Oscar Isaac to have in Star Wars, you know? But instead, we got that shit show of a trilogy. Just that all, well, that whole trilogy in a whole, you know? Two of the movies are good. You know, uh, one of the movies are good. A separate discussion. Separate discussion. Yeah, separate discussion. discussion. But... Uh, just like I, I was amazed at how Oscar Isaac just performed in this movie. Like at, literally everybody performed amazingly. But I mean, like ever since I saw Go for uh, it. Keep going. No, I was no, gonna go say ever since I saw Ex Mechanica, I was always like, Oh, Oscar Isaac can act. Yes, yeah. sir. He can, he can play pretty much anything. He I he plays the heroic hero in Star Wars, one of the most craziest characters I've ever seen in Ex Mechanica. So yeah, it, it it works. He can he can, he can do all roles. Yeah, quite well. Okay, I'm gonna take you on a little bit of a journey here, but it's gonna lead back to Oscar Isaac. Okay. Okay. Thank Go you. for it. Just <laughs> stick with me. Uh, in 
a few years ago, Ryan Johnson directed the um, what I'd call underrated Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, uh, where he really explored the gray area of um, good versus bad and how a lot of the, the kind of preconceptions we have of good and bad aren't really necessarily true. They both exist more on this spectrum that like good people can have the you know possibility to do not so good stuff, right? Obviously, people didn't like that, but he he's onto something like in terms of morality there. Um, Dune has always been a novel about that gray area, or in this case, the brown area, the sand area, uh, where uh, like Paul is not the good guy. The Atreides are there for like not the right reasons. They're there for like commodity. They're there to to mine the spice and sell right. it. They they essentially kind of take advantage of the Fremen's whole world, right? Like that's the whole premise. Like these aren't necessarily good people. Um, so to, when Oscar Isaac comes in, and the Imperial decrees here, and he's got to go. He's sent to um, Arrakis, and he comes in. And he's this powerful character. He's leading all these people, and he's like, Atreides accepts, right? And like it's like everyone's yelling Atreides, Atreides, and like it's such an epic sense of who this man is in terms of power. And then the next scene uh, of, of him, he's talking to Paul on like this cliffside. They're visiting like the, like the tombstones of all their families, um, right? Like the, the graveyard. Mm -hmm. It's the final times they're going to really going to be in Caladan and, and see all their, their family, right? And they talk about like how one day Paul will be the next Duke and how Paul doesn't want it. And to Oscar Isaac's credit, who we know as this strong figure comes in with a softness uh, to kind of under, uh, underscore that and be like, listen... Even if you don't, I didn't want it either. I eventually came around to it. Maybe you will too. And uh, if you decide you don't actually want it, you'll still be the one thing I always wanted you to be, which is my, my son. son. That is such a powerful moment to really define who this character of Leto Atreides is. So wonderful to see these small character moments uh, shine. I think that was probably the, my favorite part of the trailer. Like that whole just that that line of dialogue even if you don't want it you'll still always be the one thing i need you to be my son like come on like oh my god what a great great fucking line and great delivery i'm yep. just happy that it didn't go into how long because in the book they're doing that part but it also talk about his, his great grandfather got gored by a bull for like three pages straight <laughs> of just him getting yeah. gored by a bull yeah we didn't need that. And I'm we did to... not need that. I was like, oh, don't go into the bowl. Uh, but just no, that's, that was an amazing it. scene. It yeah. was an absolutely amazing scene. And an amazing shot. Just, dude. That, that yeah. fucking cliffside with yeah. this, the ominous grave, all black gravestones. Oh, great. great. Fucking perfect. Um, what was our favorite moment of the movie? Ryan, let's go with you first. Oh shit! The whole thing, the whole thing, right? The whole thing. That—that's the. These answers, the whole thing. My actual favorite moment would be. I'm going to give one for the spectacle, and one for the softness and like emotion within it. Okay. Mm -hmm. For pure spectacle, the Harkonnen invasion is an just beauty for the eyes and ears. It is so well done audio and visually it is amazing but for a smaller moment it would probably be when he is 
when it's just Paul and his mom talking after the after the Ornithopter has crashed, they've killed the people with the voice, and it's just them talking in the tent, figuring out, well, pretty much everything's fucked right now, but at least we're still alive. Yeah. That kind of deal. But, God, if we don't do something in the next 12 hours, we will die from the sun. Yeah. To me, that was a... It, a really touching moment, a really important moment that just shows the strength of one, his mother that we haven't really gone to see until that moment in the movie. We know she has the voice, but it was then when we got to see her use it. And even post what seemed to be a terrible moment, she was still critiquing her son on the way of using the voice. Which I want to give a shout out. I didn't know how they were going to use the voice in this movie, how they were going to represent it. They did it fantastically with this ancient feeling to it because i'll be honest the whispering in the david lynch movie didn't work for it it needs to be this loud boisterous rumbling that it dude when when i saw the imax it was rumbling the seats when they did the voice and it was amazing so to yeah, me those are my to, two favorite moments i wanted yeah, to just to highlight that too one thing i noticed is what's really cool is that um when the voice happens like first of all like the silence leaves or sorry, the, the, also the sound leaves and you're left with silence. You can see that they're saying something. And right when they finish what they're saying, you hear like a small whisper creep in just for like a millisecond, just enough for your mind to register that there's a sound happening. And right when you notice that, they're, they're like, do you hear that whisper? From like all around you, you hear the booming voice, the, the commanding like, you know, come here, kneel. And it's like, oh my God, it, it, it scared me every single time. Yeah, it's awesome. It was awesome. Christian? What were your favorite moments? Yeah, I, I, I normally talk a lot about emotion, but for, for me, two that really stuck with me are like more spectacle moments. The first um, is when they leave Caladan and they're arriving on Arrakis, and you can see that they have this like huge wormhole machine, um, right? You can see through it. It's this big black thing on the other end. You can see Caladan. They're going through in this small speck is them arriving on Arrakis. Yeah. And then the next shot is like this huge ship and you realize like that small speck is this huge ship and they're landing and and you it, you see like all the backs of everyone at the bay doors and it's like this steel gray you can see a small hint of light at the top just just enough to light the like the front of these characters just so you can see that there's like the silhouetted figures. Um and then the doors start opening and it's like you see this like blinding white light. Uh, and then dust starts to come in, and then sand, and the spices intermixed with that, and it's like showing the characters like uh, reactions to them, like breathing that in, and then the the light uh, becomes like blinding to us as viewers, and then it switches to the camera again to see like everyone reacting to like that blinding light. Yeah. And then Josh Brolin uh, as Gurney Halleck, like it like so stoic and makes this like beautiful line about how he's breathing in the sand, and he starts walking. The bagpipe dude starts coming in, and it's loud. And then you, it pans out, and you realize like, this whole fleet is coming in with uh, Duke Leto, and everyone starts playing the bagpipes, and it's like this huge moment. And then, of course, like right after that, you get like Lisa Malgaiv, he's here, the one. And it's just, it's an epic moment. Was I want to touch on that real quick? Was them chanting, "He's here," but then also the people behind them chanting Atreides, the soldiers, which is a powerful messages in two very different style of chants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next is um, the first time 
first of all, the, the art of tension as they're getting ready before, like, they notice there's a sandworm out in the wild as, like, the harvester's picking up the spice, like, I think yeah. is really well done. Um, so, yeah, so pa Paul is helping rescue these uh, miners, whatever, these extractors who like, can't get evacuated, and so he's helping guide them. Uh, the dust storm hits, and he's, like, stuck in it, and he, like, ends up having a vision, so he's just, like, on his knees. Gurney has to go out and save him, and he pulls him. And also, this is all this them sinking into the sand is a practical effect, by the way. They built a platform to vibrate and then have it sink into oh. it. So that they're, yeah, I actually have a, a note on this after, but um, yeah, so they're sinking into the sand. Gurney picks himself and, and Paul up, they keep running, they make it into the back of the ornithopter. And as they're hanging on to the back of this bay door, they look out and you can see like the, the swell of sand sinking into itself, the teeth show up. The outside uh, rim of the wings, worm's mouth shows up, and it cuts to them just like in disbelief at the sheer size of how big these worms are. And it's like such a oh that score that Hans Zimmer score was oh unreal about the score. So the score good. Is so good. There was one thing about this movie that I didn't like, and it was that the overuse of the lady singing. No, you need that. No, you do, but like not so loud, you know. Like have her louder. No, not louder. Not, not louder. That's not. It was a bit much. It could have been toned down. That, but everything else about uh, this movie was was pretty phenomenal for me. Um, my favorite moments were pretty much exactly what you guys said. There were the parts of the invasion where his dad realizes like something's wrong. And he goes outside, and he gets hit by that. I don't even know what the hell it's called. The hunter what, drone. The, the, yeah, the hunter drone. No, I think it was the 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 little dart that like paralyzes him. That hunter seeker was from earlier, right? No, there was another hunter seeker. I think it was yeah, just like did, a thing he shot out. Did the did the doctor just shoot him, or did he not use a hunter seeker? I thought he used a hunter seeker drone. I could be wrong. Okay. So, right. Either way. Yeah, so he gets hit, and he the doctor's explaining to him, like, why did you do it? And then the doctor has his own motives, but he's giving him a chance to also take down the person, uh, like the Baron. Is, is that the character's name, the Baron? Mm -hmm. Like It's brilliant, because usually we don't get that at all. We just get, like, oh, yeah, sorry, the Baron has my wife. I need a, like, uh, you were just... The perfect opportunity i needed to take it and that's it dude they just leave this guy to die but like the way that he's like well i feel sorry for you and i'm i'm i, I apologize but i'm also giving you a weapon to use against the baron because i know that it's probably not going to end the way i want it to end so here's a fake tooth that you can use that'll give you poison gas and the poison gas scene is fucking crazy. I did not expect that at all. Yep. I was kind of a little upset that the Baron survived. Because, like, come on, there's no way that you fucking could survive Dude, that. You were me right when I read there. the book, I was pissed off. Un um, unacceptable, but I'll take it for part the two. The scene, though, of him just, like, on the fucking roof, mm -hmm. cowering and fucking... Torture was so good, though. Yeah, yeah. I also want to give a shout out to the way the Baron moves, because that's something like Creepy he moves fuck. in a really Loading? weird ass way, a weird ass way. I was like, how are they going to make this not look dumb? And they actually did. Yeah, 
Super creepy. Mm-hmm. Super creepy. First time I see him like levitate with that huge ass rope that he has on, I was like, "What the fuck? What the fuck is going the, on here?" The actor, I forget his name. Uh, he's one of the Stars Guard. Scar- yeah, yeah, thank Stalin you. Stalin Stars Guard. Um, he he made a comment. He's like, "Dude, like this was like one of the easiest roles I've ever played." And he's like, "What do you mean by that?" And he's like, "I I just had to show up basically like." The way they they prepared like the entire set, I just pretty much had to show up and say a few lines. Like it's the credit to all the workers who have like built this world. Like that really makes my acting believable. It's not me. It's everything around me. Like that, yeah. that, that, I thought it was really cool for him to say that. Yeah. And but the second part I liked was uh, the part. Uh, it's close to the invasion. There's a couple parts that I liked. The the part where they're in the. Um, the tunnels and the you see just the uh soldiers coming down i thought that was very fucking cool oh in silence when yeah just like, yeah yeah and then they yeah. come down and you see the cup that just is covered by sand and i'm like well where the fuck did these people go and then they just come out of the sand and fucking take these people god damn i really like this movie <laughs> <laughs> are you realizing I, as you talk I, about yeah. it yeah <laughs> i like yeah, this movie more than i thought i did Okay, yeah. all right, cool. And it, has, it has a way of creeping in as you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the last part was uh, just them seeing the uh, sandworm for the first time. Christian, you already spoke about it, where uh, Paul has that vision in the sandstorm. And uh, Josh Brolin is like, we got to fucking go. <laughs> like He just picks him up. And then that part in and of itself is perfect. God, this is a really yeah. good movie. All right. It's a cool movie, dude. Very There's cool. like small things everywhere. I watched this video on Denis like talking about the, the Gom Jabbar scene in the beginning, the library. Yeah. It's like a two minute scene, but he talks about like about it for like twenty minutes. And it's like, wow, there's so much attention to detail I didn't even notice. And that, so he, like Denny talked about it. That scene was also very interesting to me because uh when you first see it, you're like, What the fuck is happening? I thought like she was gonna start asking him about the dreams that he's having. Cause, the if I'm mistaken, like doesn't her mom say before like he uh, before they get to that scene, he's talking to the uh, doctor and uh, his mom is like she's here to ask you about your dreams. Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, they're doing that just to kind of get a feel to see if he's actually the Kwisatz Haderach. Okay, all right. <laughs> Which I don't know if that means anything to you, but it like doesn't. he. Uh, they they carefully you know have been basic. Yeah, yeah. So well, I'm assuming been... it's like the 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 messiah on the other side. You know, does that make sense? The easiest way to put it is his mother is a part of a witch coven, right? That has been able yes. to genetically engineer their kids for mm-hmm. eons, and they're trying to make base the messiah a male who can use the voice. Yeah. Okay. All right. And they think they've done it and this test was to see to if they've actually kind of done it and okay that's the final task gotcha okay because uh, seeing that i i just thought it was weird where he was just trying to pull his if i'm mistaken i thought he was just trying to pull his hand out and well no? at that moment he's feeling nothing but pain and if he moves he also oh dies. okay yep. all right all right I didn't realize he was feeling pain. In it's to see if just... he gives in to fear, because fear is the mind killer. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. Well, fucking fuck. cool movie, dude. Fucking cool. Very cool. I want to. I want to point out to uh, Timothy Chalamet was talking about like the production design of that movie. Yeah. And how 
um, most, this is a movie like mostly filmed practically. Of course, like they were actually on deserts. They built the actual sets, like all the palaces that you see every single room, like that was built. I talked about like the sand, how like them sinking into the sand, like they built a platform for them to sink into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Timothy Chalamet's like, yeah, I only act in front of a green screen twice. Like they put so much heart into making this film feel like as believable as they can. I think it like paid off. Like yeah, all, all the CGI worked. is just to like, just kind of you know, touches to enhance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I mean, goodness. just when you see them walking in the grains of, you can see the individual grains of sand. <laughs> It's good. It's good. Do we want to uh, bring up anything else before we continue? I have a, I mean, I have a few stuff. Um, obviously, the, the mo- like one of the most important things is that like it was a, a book first. People always have the conversation about like what's better, the book or the novel. And for me, like book or the movie. No, the, it. I think it might lean towards movie to be honest, but I think it's it's both have their strengths now. Like when I read this book, I loved it for the world building. But it, it, it got too much to me. And t- like by that, I mean, after a while, I'm getting like pages and pages of descriptions and I'm getting random names that I have to look in the glossary to remember. Like at some point, it's going in one ear and out the other. Uh, but like the way Denis did it to like visually define some of these things for me, he'll tell me uh, like what the one thing is in one way. And the next scene, he'll show me it in action. That really resonated with me. And I think honestly made me look back at the book in like a much kinder light. Like I actually enjoy the book way more now. And I'm actually curious to, I've never read Dune Messiah. It's the sequel that apparently Denny wants to do as well. Like he wants to do a trilogy. He wants to do one part two in Messiah. Messiah and children of Dune. Yeah. So I actually kind of want to read it now. And like the book is, sorry, the movie was my gateway drug, gateway drug to like really loving uh, what Frank Herbert created in, in the Inhale novel. Inhale the spice. Inhale the spice. <laughs> Uh, I I have something to say on that part is I think the book and the movie now perfectly complement each other. I think they each gain something from this. What Doom gets the notoriety, it's always deserved now because it's a major motion blockbuster movie. And this book is the the movie really helps some of the longer, more leaned out bits of the book become a bit more understandable when you can put a face to a name and of a, and an event to what is happening instead of 13 pages of just random ass descriptions. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm at with it. I think they complement each other very well. Okay. Uh, I have one last question. Do we know if he's like filmed all of the movie? No, he, like no. legit. Warner Brothers was he like cut off. We had at the final scene. Yeah. Okay, so that's all they filmed. Like, yeah. He, oh fuck. Okay, I thought he filmed the whole thing and then just cut it up into two. Shit. Warner Brothers, man. What are you gonna do? Watch um, the movie until they greenlight the second one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, to be fair, though, uh, apparently, according to some like uh, a leak or something, like an exec was talking about, like, yeah, this movie like is basically already greenlit. It's just like going through the motions internally, and I'm sure if it continues to do well, like another week, you might see like a Dune Two is 
happening. So. Honestly, like this is probably when we first heard that uh, Warner Brothers was doing the HBO Max same day release of movies. This was probably the biggest movie that they had on their roster for that. If that makes sense. Like it's up there. Space Jam Two. No, <laughs> no, God no. <laughs> no, but like uh, that's what I thought. I thought that this movie was going to be like the their biggest movie for this year, and it seems like it, it's it has been so far. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a death sentence, dude. I thought like this movie is going to make no money. It's going to make less money than Blade Runner, which already made no money, and that they're like, not going to make no one. Again, people call Blade Runner twenty forty nine. The best movie no one saw for a reason. Do I have to watch the first Blade Runner? Yes. And you should because it's good. The final cut. It's on Netflix. You got no excuse. You got to watch the the foreign final cut. That's the best version of that film. The foreign final cut. Foreign final cut. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, But I think they realize now after seeing how well it did and all that. They have that next Lord of the Rings type thing. That thing everyone's been craving. Yeah. That massive high fantasy, high sci-fi that isn't a property that many people know. So the twists and turns will be new. And it will be new things you're learning throughout it. I think that's what Dune can be in the hands of the Nice Vassalet. Okay. So we're doing a new segment uh, Christian, do you have uh, something else to say? Yeah, I just just want, uh, what Ryan said about like you know the next if we have like the next Lord of the Rings. I told Eric this in that in that stupid little voice tweet I sent out to him, trying to convince him to watch the movie. Like this is the way I, I imagine people felt when they watched Star Wars in the movie theater for the first time. Yeah, like the, this sci-fi epic that like oh, oh my god I can't believe like they're managing to pull this movie off. Like like that's how I felt watching the movie. <laughs> every every now like every scene I was like oh my god. Just so anyway. you can get uh, an answer to that one, because I did uh, go see this for my family, because, again, they're big sci-fi people. That's what my dad said. It was like, this oh. was like watching Star Wars back when I was 17. Well, that rocks. I'm glad I watched yeah. it in theaters and not at home. Shout out to my IMAX theater playing the Matrix trailer and the Batman trailer back to back. Oh, like, my God. Wasn't it a what an treat experience. for the eyes? Yes, dude. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna to have to watch this movie in IMAX again this week. So we'll it's an experience. Tell, tell us this new segment. The new segment. Uh, we're gonna start rating movies, ranking movies. No, rating movies. Yes. Okay. We're gonna have a, a five. It's a five star uh, ranking, and we're gonna do gotcha. halves. So ten, st- ten steps. So ten point scale. Ten point yeah. scale. Yes. Um. So, Christian. What do you rank? Oh, me first. Five? Me first. Okay. Yes. Five stars. Yeah. I'll, this this works easily because I can just go off off my letterbox rating. Okay. Um, if I really had to like actually critique it, it's honestly more closer to a four point five out of five for me because okay. it's it's only part one. There's still so much story left to tell. But I think this is like top down from not just Denis Villeneuve, not just the actors, not just the sound, like. The whole team coming together. This is a masterpiece of a movie. Like on a scale I've never been, I've never seen done before. Like I was in another world for two and a half hours, and it and it, and it flew by, and yeah. I immediately wanted to go back and watch it again. It, so li- I'm my I'm cementing it five out of five stars for me. Oh, okay. 
I mean, you said four out of five. I mean, four point five. But five. Okay. All right. Yeah, and then I told you why why it raises the okay extra half step. Uh, just to be clear, we are going to take all these uh, ratings rankings and just average it out. So average it. Yeah. Ryan, what did you think? I, what was your rating? I'm gonna get a little deep here for a second and be. As I've told you guys, I haven't been having the best week of my life. No. It's been a rough week for me. Um, this movie was the kind of escapism I needed. It was three hours where I didn't think of anything else going on in my life except what was on the screen in front of me. And very few movies are able to capture that where you are locked into that. Plus of how just... I never thought I was going to see a good Dune movie. I, it's one of those things, it's always been called the unfilmable. Well, now it's been put to film, and it was utterly amazing. I give it five out of five stars. Wow. My man. My it man. Just, it is in my, it is number six now in my top ten on the list. Whoa. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, the more I think about this movie... The more I liked it. Originally, I was going to give it three out of five stars only because, like, there were some things that didn't really get explained well. But the more we're talking about it, I'm going to have to go with a 4.5. Like, oh, that's high. Yeah, very high. That's high. Again, the only thing that knocked it down was the lady singing. But no, I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a few small things that, like, aren't perfect, but. Which gives us, oh, it's a five. <laughs> it's yeah, fourteen yeah. point five. Yeah, fourteen point five divided by three is a 4.83 repeating. So I'm going to round up and give this their first five out of five. Wow. wow. Isn't that crazy? Congratulations, Dune. The question is, will it leave, will it leave, will it be our movie of the year? Which we are. What's left? We'll find out. Actually, I have one thing to say on that on that question, Ryan. Everything we said about Dune today, about the kind of experience, the kind of slow, meditative movie it is, take that same energy with you when you go see Eternals. That is a Chloe Zhao movie doing an MCU movie. Keep that in mind. Chloe Zhao Zhao makes slower movies. Yes, I don't. I'm. I'm not gonna go into the Eternals as a regular MCU movie. I'm expecting it to be completely different and I'm excited for it. And as somebody who I've said this on the podcast before, I'm known for this. You hate Eternals. Endgame, I was burnt out as hell from MCU movies. You're a monster. I, I've watched them all for 10 years opening night. <laughs> Let me have a break, sir. Shang-Chi brought me back. So and that's what I was about to say. The one that didn't feel like because I watched Black Widow and I fucking hated it. I thought it was a bad movie, but I watched Shang Chi and I fucking loved it because it didn't Ryan. feel like an MCU movie. It had the yes. MCU references I enjoyed, with brand new characters and a feeling that did not feel like that. And with Chloe Zhao doing this, fucking No Man Land, Nomad Land is a fantastic fucking movie. There's reasons why it fucking swept award season this year. It's going to be good. I've been seeing the reviews. I'm very excited for this film. Just for the visual landscape shots alone. Ryan, I have one question for you. Yeah, talk to me. 
do you think that Taskmaster was done well for Black No, Marvel? he was done terribly. Thank you. I rest my case. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, first five out of five. We are also, obviously, as I just said, we're going to be doing Game of the Year pretty soon. In a couple months, two months. We're also going to be doing Movie of the Year. So let's stay tuned for this. This could be your potential number one. I don't know. Ghostbusters Afterlife hasn't come out yet. If I'm being legit, Dune technically is my number one movie on Letterboxd right now. Of Spoilers, the year. bro. What the fuck? So far? Um, With the Neon Genesis the French second. I'm like, Wes Anderson has a movie coming out this week, and he's my all-time favorite director. So I'll let you know what I think I'm, about I'm Dune I'm watching that week. tonight. What movie? Oh, you got you got lucky. You have a screening in your town. Lucky. Yeah, they've been screenings for like a few days here. <laughs> for now. what? French Dispatch. Uh, French Dispatch. The French Dispatch. Oh, okay. I haven't heard of it. It's Wes Anderson's new movie. Okay. All right. Cool. So if you enjoy Little Models, it's a good time. We'll see. Um, any final thoughts before we head out? Go watch Dune, man. What yes. a what a movie. Go watch. What Dune. a film. Cinema, baby. What a true piece of cinema, I would say. This is probably like the first true piece of cinema I've seen in a while. I'm not saying a lot, guys. I watch a lot of shit. So <laughs> go watch this. All right. Go watch this. Go. If you are vaccinated and safe, go see this in the theater. And it's if you're the not unvaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, stay home. Watch it on HBO Max. Turn off your phone. Throw your phone out the window. Do not watch this on your phone laying in your bed. For the love I mean, of you lives. could. You could. You could. The way God has intended, you know? But, but, you, but you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You I, shouldn't. I agree. You shouldn't. Throw your <laughs> phone out the window. Turn it's off like all the lights. It's a laptop display. <laughs> turn off all the lights at home. Put on the TV. Put on Dune. And just... accept it you know just just let it seep into your body no the way god intended this was for it to be watched on the back of an airplane seat in a four point yeah 480p fucking screen you're right you're right (laughs) now it's time for plugs ryan where can people find you people can find me at ryan the line 3055 on twitter for Wherever I'm up to on the internet, hot takes, and whatever else it may be. All right, cool. Christian, where can people find you? Yes, please follow me, follow me at ISOChristian. I retweet stuff that uh, I'm doing constantly, like my movie podcast, Large Popcorn. Or uh, this tomorrow, the episode for No Time to Die drops, and then next week, uh, our Dune review drops with, with Hugo. That was a fun episode. Um, I also do a weekly... Uh, video game podcast every Wednesday at the penultimate, sorry, the penultimate conquest at oh. podcast PXN. Um, and speaking of the penultimate conquest, I just did a, a launched a video essay on uh, drum and bass and, and PS1 featuring Ape Escape. It was a very cool video on like the way music influenced uh, the PlayStation generation. I thought I thought it was a cool video. Please check it out. Honestly, this is probably one of my favorite videos of all time in the sense of like you fucking nailed it on the head christian i wanted i wanted that vibe to go hard and I yes think, I think and it worked it worked it yeah. slapped my dude it, it, it yeah. was awesome it really worked nice thanks guys um 
of course, you could find me here this week. Uh, besides tomorrow, I guess. Uh, just you know, just shooting the shit, doing some stuff and some things. And uh, yeah, you could also find me on Twitter at that guy Tuesday. Uh, we are looking for more content creators to come join us on the shows. So if you know somebody or if you want to start doing content creation, feel free to hit us up at Pen Conquests on uh, Twitter. You could hit me up. You could hit Christian up. Let us know. You know, we could use you. Please, I'll give you a recipe for green salsa if you come. Yeah. I've been here since day one and I have not gotten that recipe. I'm sorry. Again, this is for, this is for new crew covers. only. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, I, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this. I don't get a salsa. You recipe? put your blood, sweat, and tears into this? I don't know about blood. I don't know about blood. I'm actually bleeding right now, which is the funny thing. I mean, <laughs> you didn't do that on company time though, so it's okay. I did during the podcast. I had a hangnail. I Arguably worse. Okay, no, no. So in your defense, you had the hangnail before the podcast. Possibly. Right. I don't know. I don't okay. I don't look at hands at all. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Ryan, I'm going to let you go take care of that, you know, hangnail situation. Uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Stay safe. And Nick, keep swinging on that meat.